It's the Speedway Show, an idea exchange empowering us to live well, live fully, and love deeply. And now, here's our host, Speedway. Well, hello, 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 and welcome to the Speedway Show. The University of Zimbabwe is the oldest, leading, and finest university in Zimbabwe which is involved in teaching and research and offers degrees, diplomas, and certificates in various disciplines, which include arts, agriculture, law, medicine, social studies, science, engineering, education, commerce, and veterinary sciences. Today, we are profiling the career of Professor Rosemary Moyana. She happens to be the Dean of the Faculty of Education at the University of Zimbabwe. She also happens to be my mama. So here we are reflecting, and by the way, she's my first family member that I've ever actually gotten to interview. So I am privileged today. Um, Now, I'll tell you, a lot of people marvel, and they say, my, you're a lawyer, you have this blog, you're a mom, I used to have a motorcycle in my spare time. But actually, the truth is, when I look at my family and friends from home, I am not at all that remarkable. I'm delighted to be doing this interview, um, but the truth is I have so many people in my family who are just absolutely amazing. So uh, to give you some examples, my uncle Kombo Moyana is the former governor of the Reserve Bank of Zimbabwe. My auntie Florence is the Zimbabwean ambassador to Canada, and um, she is also the dean of Zimbabwean ambassadors. My uncle Wilson is a highly successful lawyer in Zimbabwe, and he's a farmer and very successful entrepreneur, and one of the reasons I became a lawyer. My cousin Tamara is a lawyer. Uh, my sister, Nyasha, is an accountant, and both Tammy and Nyasha live in um, Johannesburg. And um, my dad was not only the Zimbabwean ambassador to Egypt, but during that time he was a farmer, he ran a guest house, uh, which in the U.S. we'd call a bed and breakfast and a shopping center, and he wrote several books, including co-authoring the high school history textbooks used in Zimbabwe still. So here I sit with my highly accomplished mom, whose career mirrors that kind of dedication and hard work. And uh, between my parents, I think they have, what, eight degrees between them, and I only have two. So, <laughs> so it gives you a sense of how far I have fallen below the standard. <laughs> anyway, here we are talking to my mama. Mom, welcome to the Speedway Show. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much for, for, for interviewing me on your show. I don't think you are under, under, <laughs> underachiever. You are a very highly successful achiever, and we are very proud of you and everything that you've done, yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. So, first, tell us about the work you do currently. How long have you been the Dean of the Faculty of Education at the University of Zimbabwe, and what does that entail? Right. I've been the Dean of Faculty of Education from, from 2011. Um, before that, I was just a, a senior lecturer um, teaching English. I teach English. I still do teach English. 
but I became professor of English from 2008, 2008. I got the notification in 2010, but it was backdated to 2008 when I applied for it. And um, so in 2011, April 1, I think, it was April 1, or May 1, May 1, 2011, I became substantive dean of faculty of education. And the way that happened was that um, I was acting dean when my dean became co-vice chancellor, which means deputy vice chancellor of the University of Zimbabwe. Vice chancellor is equivalent to president of a university in America. In America, you call them president. So she, she became the deputy to the vice chancellor or to the president of the University of Zimbabwe. And therefore, I was, I was asked to be acting dean by the administration. Subsequently, they uh, advertised the post. We went to an interview, and they selected me to become substantive dean. So that's how I became dean of faculty of education, and um, I'm still dean then. Mm-hmm. And above, over and above that, I still decided to maintain my teaching because then it gives you that much more time to share your knowledge with uh, with the students and with the rest of the pupils that they teach or the students that they teach because we teach teachers. Mm-hmm. So you actually chose to continue teaching and I'm wondering between a lecturer, a senior lecturer, and a professor, particularly between lecturer and professor, what is the difference? Right. The difference is that in, in, in a, we, we run a British system. We are a former British university, University of London, a College of University of London. And after independence, it became the University of Zimbabwe student, a standalone university. So the system there is um, you are a lecturer as you enter university. A lecturer is equivalent to assistant professor in the American system. And then you, I, when I got to be a lecturer there, I, I, had, I had two degrees and was studying for a third, a second master's degree. I entered the University of Zimbabwe in January of, two, of 1988. And so in, by the end of that year, I had my third degree, which was a second master's degree in English. And thereafter, I, searched, I started searching for a PhD topic because we study by research. We do PhDs by research, which is why they call, we, we call it a DPhil, Doctor of Philosophy. And so in 2002, I graduated with a PhD and I studied it part-time from 1995 to 2002 when I was awarded the degree. So what happens then is that the lectureship, you can remain a lecturer throughout your life as a university if you don't as a university teacher, if you do not publish. If you publish, you publish uh, above eight articles or eight publications, you become a senior lecturer according to the ordinance that determines promotion at University of Zimbabwe right now. And if you publish 21 
uh, things, whether books or articles in a, in a refereed journal, then you become associate professor. And I became associate professor in 2008. And now, well, to become full professor, you have to publish more than 35 articles or books. And then in, in recognized refereed international journals. So my... My publications are way over 30, and if I really wanted to apply for full professorship, I would I would attempt to do so. So, <laughs> so that's how you become a senior lecturer. You move from lectureship to senior lectureship, and from there to associate professorship, which I am at right now, and then to full professorship. But the uh, advantage of publishing is that you learn a whole lot more that publishing is, is well, let me say, universities normally recognize three areas of, of service, that is service to the community and to the university community itself, um, research and teaching. Those are the three. But teaching feeds off research. So the more you research, the more things you new things you discover, and the more you uh, you have to offer to your students. So the difference between a lecturer and a professor is just that you've researched more, mm-hmm. and you, uh, you 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 are more versatile in the things that you can offer to your students because then you know a whole lot more than if you were to remain a lecturer without researching into your subject. Well, okay. Published, published. Um, you have, in addition to all of the articles that you published, you have also published a book. Have you not? Tell us uh, what that book is titled and what it's about. Yes, the book is in a, it emanated from a research that was that I led uh, in between 1988 and 1992. Uh, it is an IA research. IA is an organization that does um, based in Hamburg at that time, Germany. Um, that researches in different areas of reading, writing mathematics, sciences, different areas of school subject areas to make sure that um, data are captured which would enhance, which when, whose recommendations, the research recommendations are, if followed, would enhance the teaching of those subjects. So my bo- during that time, I, I led the research at UZ, at UZ is University of Zimbabwe, short for un- acronym for University of Zimbabwe, and I led a team of researchers who were looking into reading. Mm-hmm. And we chose to do it at, at, at junior secondary level. So the book is entitled Reading Literacy at Junior Secondary Level in Zimbabwe. And so it records the results of a research that went on from 1988, took off its planning, but its actual studies started from 89 and concluded in 19 uh, in 2000 in 1992 yes reading literacy at junior secondary um, level in Zimbabwe so we the good thing about IEA research research um, 
studies is that you compare your country to the rest of the world in terms of how you are doing in reading, providing materials for your schools and what your community is doing surrounding the school system. And so that's when we did that. And that's what the book reports. Very impressive. Um, You have been teaching for a long time, and you haven't always been a lecturer, actually. So tell us what the... Uh, where, how long you've been teaching, and uh, where you have taught in your past so that our listeners get some idea of what does the career path to reach a professor level um, in teaching looks like. Yes. Well, let me start with my studies. Yes. I studied it, uh, first of all, I got married to this man called Henry Moyana, <laughs> and he was a lovely man, very humorous, very, very active person, and extremely interesting to be with. So I followed him well. We got married somewhere in the 1970s, 1971, and I followed him to the States, where he was studying to do his by this time, he was doing his master's degree Where? at Columbia University in New York, in New York City. Yes. Mm-hmm. He loved Columbia University, and he respected his Ivy League status, and he really worked very hard. So he got his master's in history. His area of study was African history. Mm-hmm. So when I came with him in 1971, uh, soon after I got married to him, then we started, he was doing his master's, I started by learning how to type. Because before, in order to study, we had to work in the day, study in the night. He had a scholarship for his master's degree that led him into his, um, after that, into PhD studies in African history. I didn't have a scholarship, so I, I worked as a babysitter. But in order to elevate my, my work prospects, then I, I spent a semester studying how to type, yeah. and I was doing that at a, a, one of the buildings which, were, which was offering the, those facilities at Columbia University where he studied. So thereafter, I learned to type, touch type, and then got better jobs while studying it um, for a bachelor's degree in English. Uh, at that time, I said it was going to be English and education and French at City College of New York. So my, I, I eventually had double major of French and English with education thrown in. But by this time, my husband had, uh, comp- then completed his PhD in 1975, and we moved to Lincoln University, where I completed also my degree, undergraduate degree in 1975. So as he was celebrating his PhD, I was celebrating my undergraduate studies, uh, completing my undergrad, my BA degree. Then he taught at uh, Lincoln University while I went to Westchester State College to do a master's in English and education still. I did the French up to the end of first degree. I didn't pursue it because I, by this time I decided I wanted a career teaching literature mm-hmm. specifically. So it developed like that, but education was now the backup because you needed education courses in order to become a teacher. 
and to practice teach and have a certificate, teaching certificate, which I acquired between Lincoln and Westchester. So after that, we, we then went back to Zimbabwe in 1977, following the euphoria of what to us looked like independence was coming. <laughs> Independence looked like it was around the corner. The war was intensifying in uh, in Zimbabwe, and we thought, ah, it was time to move back. So we went back. Now, where we went back, when we went back, uh, our career took off at teachers at teacher training colleges called teachers colleges at the time, and still we have the teachers colleges. And we we were, we were both employed at Mukoba Teachers College in the Midlands state, um, and Midlands part of the country of Zimbabwe. Mkoba was a brand new college which was four years old, two, about four years old, and they were beginning a, a particularly new curriculum whereby you taught teachers of, uh, of primary school, of the primary school system, but at the same time you taught them what they called main subject. And that is, you taught them a subject that they prefer to major in should they go to university. We still have that system right now where students uh, major in a particular subject that they will pursue at the university level. And the idea was to ensure that students who finished their teacher training proceeded to university and to do a bachelor's degree in education. So my area of specialty was English literature in particular, which is what I taught, and my husband's was history. So that's when we started being lecturers at that level. Yes. And then um, rose from being lecturer to senior lecturer to principal lecturer, by, by which time I taught at Mkoba Teachers College. We moved in the end of 1978 to Mutare Teachers College in the eastern side of the country. And then my husband got promoted and became deputy principal of Morgan Zintek College, which was in Harare. And I moved to Belvedere Teachers College, which was a secondary school teacher training college. And from there, we swapped. As he moved to Belvedere to be principal, I moved to Morgan as senior lecturer and principal lecturer and thereafter, that's when I moved to the university, end of 1987 and 88 January, I became lecturer at the university level. And he stayed in the teachers' colleges, became a, a, a director in the Ministry of Higher Education, now called the Higher and Tertiary Education. And from there, he became an ambassador uh, in 1995, on behalf of the government of Zimbabwe to Egypt. And he was ambassador to Egypt, Israel, Palestine, um, Tunisia. He, he looked after about four or five countries besides but resident in Egypt. And that went on until 2001, September. Then we returned home and I went back to my, uh, my university. But by which time I was halfway through my, I was almost complete, completing my PhD studies, which I was doing part-time with the University of Zimbabwe in literature. I studied the literature of um, the white written, the white authored novel in 
Rhodesia and Zimbabwe from 1890 to 1994 or 1995 when I registered to do it. Yeah. So the difference between the lectureships is that... Um, as you gain more knowledge through study, through continuous study, then you became, you just have more variety of what to teach and you, you just gained more knowledge as you learn also and realize that there's so much uh, stuff that you don't know. Uh, my degrees are in English, in literature. And the first two degrees are basically English literature. Then, when I went back to Zimbabwe, discovered that there was a whole new literature that I had not studied. And this is between African-American and African literature, which I had not studied. So, that's how I did a a second master's degree, which focused on African-American literature, African literature, and socialist literature. Because we went back at a time when Zimbabwe was preaching socialism and Marxism, and we had if you had gone through the school system, whether in the U.S. or in, 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 in Zimbabwe, you would not have been schooled in these things. So that's when I took up uh, further studies to learn these things. And by the time I did the Ph.D., I, could, I had that versatility of, of making use of the, uh, the theory of literature as well. Then I got schooled in theories of, uh, of literature and how you can analyze text using any one of those theories, which was a great help. So the more degrees you do, the more you learn. And then, of course, the more research you do, the more you learn and the more you realize you don't know. (laughs) So it's it's an interesting kind of, it's been an interesting career. So, yeah. So if I'm getting the math correct, then you started teaching in 1977. So this is now 2014, so this is 37 years of a teaching career. So for people who are listening, they might be thinking, oh, my goodness, all those degrees, 37 years, can I get to being the dean of a school at a university with less education or... Does it just depend on the individual school's requirements? The deanship really is is something that you attain because other people think you are capable of doing it. Mm -hmm. Because um, how I became dean, first of all, in 2008, soon after my husband my husband passed away. I was ready to just walk into my office, close the door, sleep or cry endlessly with no one trying to see and me to see me or to console me. I was ready for that. But I walked into the car park as I was parking my my car. That then Dean, uh, now Professor Chipotle who is Pro Vice Chancellor. To, at the University of Zimbabwe, said to me, yeah, you, you, you need to go to the Human Resources Research Center, which is our publishing center. We have a journal that is published there entitled the Zimbabwe Journal of Educational Research, Zijera, we say. So I said, but I can't, he says, you go and be its acting editor. 
I said, but I'm not an editor. I said, no, but you publish. You know what to do. Go and edit those articles and get them published. <laughs> because the editor-in-chief had just um, taken an excursion and gone to UK. So I said, ah, but that's difficult to work. He says, yes, that's why I'm giving you the thing to do. <laughs> so I sauntered, you know, sulkingly to the offices of the Human Resources Research Center. And when I got there, there was a pile of of articles that needed editing and publishing. And it was one of those most difficult times in Zimbabwe because then, the economy was free falling, and there were there were there were no printers anyway. I was to discover soon after that, because everyone had relocated either to South Africa or Botswana, near nearby countries, and uh, anyone who asked to publish anything wanted it in foreign currency, paid for in foreign currency. So, you know, it was that difficult job. But then the task was get the journal published, and it publishes three three times a year. And I sat and thought, okay, if I don't get it done, then it's me they will look at and say, she failed the journal. <laughs> so I, I took up the courage and started reading, but it helped me at that time because I became so busy. I had no time now to sit and collapse and mourn and cry, <laughs> which I wanted to do in the first place. I didn't have that <laughs> because I was, look, I was faced with this stuff. So that's what started it, I guess, because um, that was in 2008. Nine ten. Then the lady who was to do that got promoted and became pro vice chancellor. So I just found myself being appointed acting dean, and I'm still acting editor in chief. And besides those two actings, I was also substantive deputy editor in chief of another journal at the university called Zambezia which publishes uh, uh, articles in the humanities. So I had all these three things going on. So you can become dean, in short, depending on, because I can't quite say I willed myself into becoming dean, but that other people thought they saw something in me that was um, relevant into mushrooming into becoming Dean of Education. Because soon after that, then, in 20, towards the end of 2010, there was an advert to fill in that post, and then we went for interview, and they chose me. Yeah. Well, those of my listeners who have studied Shakespeare will recognize the quote, some are born great, some achieve greatness. And some have greatness thrust upon them, <laughs> kind of like you. So, so um, let's go back to the decision to teach. Once upon a time, I wanted to be a teacher. And because both of my parents, when I was growing up, taught. And then I noticed that it was a really hard job. And then I also noticed it didn't seem to pay that well <laughs> for a long time. And so I thought, well, I don't want to work that hard. And off I went to be a lawyer instead. 
and I'm not so sure I got away from the work. Um, when did you decide to teach, and what inspired you to take on this particular career? Okay. Um, I, start, I wanted to be a teacher from when I was in primary school because I think I was inspired by my teachers who taught us. They seem to have so much knowledge that we, you know, that they imparted to us, and particularly in the languages because we had the standard uh, Form 1 teacher, which is junior secondary school teacher who had studied in India and always came and, told, and talked to us in snippets of Gujarati, I think, um, and, um, and Latin. And so we just ended up liking languages, and we were also studying French. So the languages captivated me that because then, I, you know, you, you just love this idea of speaking in other tongues, as it were. But teaching was sort of cut out for a student who was in Rhodesia then in the 1960s, 70s, I don't know, but I grew up in the 60s in school system uh, right up to high school. And at that time, there were not too many careers cut out for young students. Either you went into, and if you were a girl, you either became a nurse or a teacher because those were open careers to you. So I couldn't become a nurse. I was squeamish. <laughs> I'm still squeamish. <laughs> so, but I could become a teacher. Um, and so I just decided that the path my career is going to take as I grow up. I will, and each time I met a school, I, I loved the school, and I kept saying, I'll come back and teach here. That was my primary school at Rusutu Mission. From there, I went to Mount Slinda Mission, and I said, ah, but when I finish school, I'll come back and teach here. But what I've done, though, with Mount Slinda School, I've, um, I've, from 2000, with my husband and I had this uh, book award, to because I always used to win. And then that decided me in terms of what, what to teach, because I was very good in English. I was good in math. But I, there are certain aspects of it that I didn't understand better than others. And so, but English I understood, whether it's language or literature. So I always got prizes given at prize-giving days. So we, have, uh, we started the prize-giving award for the best student in two, two, two awards. One for the best girl during mid-year exams in what you would call, I think, grade 12, mm -hmm. you are 16, the high, form 4, what's the equivalent of form 4? 10th mm -hmm. grade. Ah, um, yes. 10th grade. So, 12th grade. Yep. So, I, we have, we give them a book, an inspirational type book, a novel for entertainment also, and uh, and a reward. Right now, it stands. I I give seventy five dollars and a book to the girl who has the best uh, result, and to the overall best student, we I give hundred dollars to inspire youth. You know, to aim high, and I call that um, um, 
we call I we call it uh, the Moyana Award of Excellence mm. at that level. So that's what I've done. Instead of going back to teach at Mount Linda, <laughs> I've given that we've given that award, which I continue to give. And um, thereafter, teaching was my chosen career, and I've I've not regretted it because I think it's interesting. You and you know, as you research more and more, you realize that actually teaching is one of the best careers you can ever have. Uh, we lobby students who are in high school to to actually plan to become teachers and not to become teacher be a teacher because that's the only thing that's open to you and you didn't know while you couldn't pursue what the other career you might have wanted. Because as, um, as now people have made it a slogan, it started with uh, Nelson Mandela pronouncing it, that um, uh, Enough or DITA, DITA, a university in a division of distance education in a university of a university in South Africa, I forget which one, has this thing that enough qualified teachers can change Africa, and that a t- teacher has an audience that is guaranteed every day of their life. So if you have the correct thing to put to, towards that audience. You can change, you can change circumstances of many people. Well, we haven't changed many circumstances in Africa as such because then many of our educated people end up in the first world most of the time. <laughs> so, but enough qualified teachers we still believe can change Africa for the better. Well, this concludes our show today. Thank you very much to my mom for visiting with us today and having so many enlightening things to say. And I have to confess, even though you're my mom and I'm your daughter, there's a lot that I learned just listening. And I thought, oh, really? I didn't know that. Um, So thank you. And uh, for all of you listeners, thank you for joining us. This is DOA signing off and saying go in peace and pursue your education. Thank you for joining us on The Speedway Show. Visit thespeedwayshow.com for content and other episodes. Join the fan page at facebook.com slash thespeedwayshow. And follow Speedway on Twitter at the handle thespeedwayshow. Until next week, live well, live fully, and love deeply.